48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube. 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is dropping plates and dropping balls. Normally, uh, people try to be super positive and talk about um, spinning lots of plates and keeping all the balls in the air and techniques to do that. But um, there are times where creating art uh, breaks down and, and, you know, creating and writing and doing all that jazz um, wears you out, burns you out. And I think... um, I think it's important to recognize that that doesn't mean that you are failing and it doesn't mean that you are less than, uh, it, it, it more likely means that you are actually honest, uh, to yeah. recognize, um, when, you know, enough is enough. You've bitten off more than you can chew. You're burning candles at both ends, whatever, whatever, uh, little phrases you want to work in there. They, they all exist and are common because it's, it's part of the human experience. So, so Josh, why did, uh, why did you want to talk about this today? Well, because I think, um, like, like I, th- I think part- particularly the guys like you and me, and I think I, I suspect a lot of artists, especially cartoonists, I've talked about how people who are drawn to cartooning tend to be people who really like challenges because it's one of the most challenging things you can take on um, because it's just so many facets to it. And I think that challenge in itself and like respect and love for it, like really drives people to kind of give their all for it. Um, but I also think, um, there's a little bit of like control that people like about comics, I think, and, and animation and, uh, and, and self-directed projects where you're steering your own ship and, and it's a good feeling, but the type of people who tend to like steering their own ship are generally kind of type a personalities. And so, the that can kind of be problematic when it comes to dealing with like you know when you're a type a personality you're going to take on every challenge you possibly can yeah and uh inevitably being a human being and being fallible you're gonna you're gonna fail (laughs) right and um and that's actually part like we were talking about that a couple days ago where um you know, I, I think a, a few episodes ago where we were talking about the uh, somebody asked in the chat, like, you know, you know, when do you get better with art or something, something to that effect? And yeah. I think my answer was just you don't you just kind of fail a lot and then you get better learning from failure and um, you learn how to recognize potential failures <laughs> later on. Yeah. And you, you just learn. You, you recognize failure failure quicker quicker and you know how to reroute and you, you also and you get learned hardened and, you learn new and interesting and harder ways to fail exactly um and as you're doing that you're gonna line up successes as well and um but the thing is like with my type of personality you know pulling on um projects like I have like where I'm recording a demo with some friends I'm super active with my family because I, that's a ball that that's a plate that cannot drop. Right. Um, you know, I'm working on a graphic novel that I'm hoping to finish this year. Um, 
And, you know, it's hundreds of pages, hand-lettered, hand-inked. You guys are familiar with it if you follow the show. I'm doing, you know, illustration freelance on the side. Um, and then I'm also, I, I think I mentioned art directing, which is just super time-consuming and taxing and can kind of pull you away from everything if you let it, you know, mm. because because the amount of responsibilities you could let kind of just suck, like, your whole life <laughs> away. Um, and... And then on top of that, I'm all, I'm also like, you know, really interested in the idea of building community online, in branding, in, um, you know, taking on like this anthology challenge and stuff like that. Um, and it's just, uh, there, there, there are just times where all of that, I'm juggling it and a plate drops and I get, a, I get pretty hard on myself when I, when I drop a plate. And so that's that's what I'm what I thought would make it an interesting topic is the fact that I find it fascinating objectively like about myself that it bothers me so much when a plate drops whereas if I were one of my friends like like Corey if this were you saying the same thing I'd be like well dude what do you expect you're juggling a million projects right. you know you're working really hard and it's kind of amazing you get done what you do get done yeah um, but then when it comes to myself, I'm like, but that's not you like that. You're not allowed to have that excuse, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a weird, um, thing. And it's like, it's a part of myself that I don't want to quell too much because it does drive me to accomplish more than a lot of people. Um, and I don't mean accomplish like in the sense of laurels or anything like that. I just mean output. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's 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 a hard topic because I think that um I think that for most people who are taking on these kind of things, there are a few people who might need to actually hear you're actually not juggling that many plates and you yeah. need to throw a little more in there. Well, I I and, often I often say um I wish I had as much disposable time as I had when I thought I was busy in college. Yeah. You know and what I mean? think like a lot of people are like, oh man, I don't know how you get all that done. And I'm like, you know, hey, 20 year old, I don't know how you don't, you yeah. know, like I, I'm, I'm pushing 40 with a mortgage and a full-time job and several full-time projects and, uh, and kids and, you know, church stuff. And like, you know, I know you've got a part-time job and several classes and stuff, but at the same time, like, you know, what, what is keeping you from doing that? But but yeah. here's 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 an interesting thing about this topic. Um, when I the first time that I really hit a limit was I was I was working I was work, I was teaching at this at this school, um, but I was in a temporary position, and they basically said, um, you know, you need to get your master's or this job goes away. And so it was it was crunch time, right? And so yeah. so I said okay and. At the time, you know, between like, you know, full-time job, um, full-time family, and I was like 60 pages into my comic that I was doing, um, yeah. I, and, and I was slow. I'm still not very fast. When it comes to art, I, I consider myself to be, to be quite slow. I, I put a lot of time in it as a way to uh, compensate for that, but I'm, but I'm not quick. And so... You know, at most I was doing a page a week, you know, and that was colored, uh, yeah. you know, and inked and everything. But um, in, in any case, 
I, I looked at that and I looked at adding a master's degree to that. And I wasn't one of those. Somebody, somebody told me when you think about getting a, a graduate degree, it's like being pregnant. You're going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be horrible the whole time. So do you want to do that for, you know, a year and a half or do you know to do that for five years? It's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to suck either way. And so, so I actually got a master's degree in 14 months and I did, um, I did two five credit classes every 10 weeks, um, for about 10 months. And yeah. I've, I had to stop doing my comic because something had to give. And that was the first time where I realized like there are limits to my ability to, to push. But then about 10 months into that, I reached the absolute envelope of my ability to continue to do production, you know? And so I had to cut down to, to one five credit class um, while I was working full time and everything. And I like, this is, I had never taught before. So I was like learning how to teach as well. Yeah. And just, just cutting down to like one, which is still a lot taking a, taking yeah. a full time, you know, 700, 800 level class, um, you know, while you're working full time and, and doing family and stuff, I was, I'll just give you a quick schedule. <clears throat> I was doing, I would get up, I would go to work. I would teach all day. I would go home for an hour so I could see my kid. And then I would go back to work and I would work till two, three in the morning on my master's. And I would repeat that seven days a week. I did that for 10 months straight without a break. And you know, like just to put that in perspective, like I, when I was working on my MFA, like was just um, supporting my, my now wife. Um, and that was it. So it was like, and she was working at the time too. So I was working full time and I had like probably like four pretty big, like nervous breakdowns Mm -hmm. during the process. Um, so I can't even imagine like throwing a kid in that equation (laughs) with, and, and when the, the thing that's interesting and just, I think worth explaining to people who maybe haven't done their like the graduate work at like, a, at in, I'd say at like a good school. Um, cause you could probably get a, a fairly quick master's degree, like, you know, at, at it, but, but I think when you're in an intensive program, yeah. Um, I, it, it, it's going to make you question a lot. Like well, they're, at, at they're like designed to break you down. Yeah. Like and the, the good point, ones, they, they intend, I talked to my professors after I was done and there, I was like, yeah. cause I was in one class where I submitted 93 proposals before the professor accepted my proposal for my concept. Yep. And I asked him cause he didn't do that to anybody else in the class. And I asked him later, I was like, what was up with that? And he goes, this, this program is designed to break you down so that we can build you up correctly. And, uh, and I just knew that, you were at a level where, you know, everybody else could take rejection, you know, in, in the, in the six to 12 rejections. And I just knew you could take more. So I was, I was like, yeah, but like almost a hundred, like 10 times more than everybody else. But yeah, those programs, those programs are designed to designed to do that. They're, they're like, they're made to do that. Yeah. And I think it's part of the process because, um, you, you get to a point where you're kind of questioning everything and that's a good point to get to at some point in your life. 
yeah. especially as an artist, like questioning your direction or your style or um, just in general, like kind of abandoning a lot of ideas that you might have had going in um, through just the pressure cooker. It, it, it really it's almost like it's almost like that weird thing of like, you know, there's nothing that gives you clarity about life as being in like a really close call car accident, you know, where you're just um, you're, you're forced to kind of deal with like what's important and not saying that it's a car accident, um, but it's it's just pretty it's a pretty intense experience. And it does it does create uh, this this moment. Like and I think Corey was touching on this, where you you have like this this window open um, in your mind, and then your capabilities, like you were saying, just kind of like skyrocket. Like the amount of stuff I was able to do for my graduate work, um, and I'm I'm sure we both have similar experiences on this. It was just mind blowing. Um, in retrospect, I have no idea um, how I did that on top of like full time freelance. Right. Um, you know, because I'd work like sixteen hours and then do <laughs> grad work after that. Yeah, and yeah. um, and I was in grad school with some guys who just like they just had accrued a lot of savings and just literally were like, I'm, "This is it. I'm just focused on this," and um, and it was hard on them. So it's just yeah. it it's it's fascinating. But you're right. Like that is for me. That's one of the big points in my life where I just kind of, I actually reached a couple points where I was just like, I cannot do like, I ab- actually can't do this, especially before the final show and the paper. I was just like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Well, and I'll like, tell you, formatting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want me to do MLA or Chicago or what? I can't even like put together a coherent speaking sentence right now. But, but one of the, one of the things that I think was really interesting from that is I learned, and I think this is important. Um, I know physically as an athlete, um, which to look at me now is surprising, but, but, uh, is really important to know your, your actual limit, not, not your mental limit, but your physical limit. And, um, and I think it's important to get to the point where you are, um, if here's, here's the thing, if you burn out, um, the time prior to burning out was not productive. There's just, it's not what yeah, you start exactly. doing is you start running, you start working harder, um, and getting less done. And, uh, and, and, so before you head down the road of burnout, like kind of you mentioned that you feel like you're on the edge of burnout. Most people until they, until they hit a limit, they don't know what that feels like. And so yeah. they're not aware that it's happening until after it happens. Like, yeah, Sean West, Sean McCabe, uh, just, just came out and was super vulnerable on his, on his podcast. It's super interesting. He, he talks about being addicted to work, being a workaholic and how that caused him a bunch of, uh, depression that he was dealing with. And he had to fire a bunch of people on his team, very vulnerable episode. But something that he said that stuck out to me is he said, um, if you think you're art, if you think you might be burned out, you already are. And, uh, and that's an interesting thing. And because, yeah. but here's, here's the, the upside of this. If you find your limit, which is different than burning out, you find like your physical limit of like, I can't go that far. Um, I need more sleep than this. I need more wife time. I need more kid time. I need more job time. I need more downtime of just not, not producing and just, you know, enjoying and whatever. 
Um, you know, you hit a limit, what pay attention to how that feels because leading up to that, there's a sweet spot that you can hit where it's, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle at times. And then it's a bit of this, this rush of kind of, kind of, you know, at times. And if you can, if you can maintain that sweet spot, like on a motorcycle, every motorcycle is, is a little bit different. They're shaped differently. And so the wind is different. And yeah. each each bike has a sweet spot on the freeway where a little bit faster and it's brutal. You're just getting beat to crap by the wind and a little bit slower and it's brutal. And there's this there's this kind of like eye of the storm spot in the middle. And yeah. uh, at my current bike, uh, without the fairing, that sweet spot is 93 miles an hour. That's like that's that's the sweet spot there and and i can do 110 i can do 115 and like with the with the right gear i can maintain like that speed but i it's at a sacrifice like i can't do that long because it's physically taxing right and actually slower than that uh you know if i'm at 75 or something i can't do that (sighs) for long because i'm getting beat up right it's the wind that's kind of hitting you yeah. Uh, it's like if some if you're driving and somebody in the back right opens a window and you get that thunk, 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 wind that happens sometimes. It's yeah. like that. And I think it's like that for production as well. Too little production, I feel like you you just get down. You feel like you're not worth anything. You don't get those that those dopamine cycles of of producing. Um, you start to compare yourself in negative ways. Your mind is idle, which often gives way to anxiety and gives way yeah. to like comparison in a negative way and too much production. And you're just pushing yourself too hard and you're going to burn out. And so mm. just short of too much, I feel like is this, is this sweet spot that's still challenging, but isn't, isn't like physically demanding and physically taxing to the point of like burnout. Yeah, so you'll notice like even at the top when I was talking about kind of feeling like I'm 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 possibly skating that. Yeah. Um you'll notice like t- today like um I'll be posting updates on Instagram because I haven't I, I I know I kind of know my sweet spot. Yeah. The problem is it's a little bit like surfing <laughs> and so occasionally you're going to bail. <laughs> like yeah. Um, and that's the risk you kind of have to have to run with with um, with like high performance, I, I think, and also with tackling what you need to get done. Um, but like there's also this misconception, I think, that's out there um, about like spinning a lot of plates. Like if you drop one, then therefore you should drop them all. Right. Um, or like that's one misconception. And I think the other is that you can't like pause, like kind of glue that plate back together and get right back at it. Yeah. So there's, there's a mix and a balance and, um, and it's a fascinating thing. Um, but it's also one of those things that, um, and we've, we've talked about this before, but it's like, there's this momentum cycle we've talked about. Um, and you hit this point every once in a while when you kind of keep with, art and you keep with creation and you kind of fight it, like fight it, like, like we're probably going to have to do mm-hmm. tonight, you know? Yeah. Um, when you're like at that point where you're just like, it's like that point where you're, you're lifting weights or whatever. And it's just a little, like, you're just like, I can't, but there's a part of you 
that when you've done it long enough, you know you haven't reached your capacity. When you're saying, when everything about you, like your body, everything is telling you you can't, you can't. Right. And um, and it's this. But the problem is, even the most seasoned person can can kind of know the signals a little better. Think that they're getting that signal of like my mind's telling me I can't and I can and then push it and then like end up with like a tear <laughs> like mm-hmm. in keeping with the the working out analogy or like throwing out their back or something like that. So it's, it's, it's a weird thing. And, um, and like for me, I definitely, I think the important thing like is recognizing if you're potentially close to burnout because you need to be aware of your own signals. Like if you've had burnout, you know exactly <laughs> what those signals are. Yeah. Um, and so you can, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like getting a Wi-Fi signal. Like you can be more aware of where it's at so that you can, um, tap into that fine point where you're not getting burnout, but you're still getting your signal. Cause you don't want to be completely away from the signal. Cause then you're just disconnected. You know, um, right. And I, and I like, I like what you said about spinning plates because a lot of people say you drop a plate and it's like, all right, put all the plates down, all of them. Don't keep any of them and stop juggling all the balls and go take some time for yourself. You know, go, go sit in the woods and spend some time for yourself. And, and actually what I think you should do is if one of those plates starts to wobble, put two or three of those plates down and keep the rest spinning. Because um, if you just stop or if you go so much that they all they all fall over because you just lose it completely, uh, either one of those has the same result. It's a, it's a total dead stop. You yeah. completely lose momentum. So to, to go back to our, you know, biking up a hill and then coasting down the other side, um, you know, if you're if you're on that push and uh, and you just stop, then you just go back down to the bottom of the hill. You've got to start from less than one because you're going to coast backwards for a while. Right. Yeah. And, and, but if you anybody who's run or biked or anything like that, and you're, you're going and you're going and you've been pushing yourself super hard and you realize, Oh my gosh. And you get off your bike and you walk and you keep going, but you do it. At, uh, that is just as good as a rest. And, and plus, you still maintain momentum. It's not a ton of momentum. And it's going to take you a little bit longer to get to the top, but you still get there. And sometimes, I've heard this phrase a lot, that a change is as good as a rest. And yeah. uh, and I like, actually, a change is better than a rest in a lot of situations. Because if I just say, okay, I'm doing 15 things right now. These six are really important. And so... I'm going to, I'm going to pause these ones and, and, and kind of, you know, readjust and, and keep these six going, or I've got these three major projects going and this one isn't due right now. So I'm going to do these two. All yeah. of a sudden you have this second wind, you've got all this energy and sometimes you can even go faster, right? It's yeah. like downshifting your bike. All of a sudden you, all these extra gears come in, you know, and, and it, and it, it, it really works. And so I would recommend if you feel like you are, uh, or if you see a plate drop, right, and it breaks and it shatters, put a couple down. That's fine, but not all of them. Yeah, I agree. And and I I think um, another thing that's super important too is like 
having peer groups, um, having some kind of accountability group. And so like we joked when we started this, that it's almost like AA for artists. Um, But I think it is important because at the end of the day, like it's funny as predicted, I am starting to feel a little more energy. Um, and one of the cool things about just being able to talk it out and also just even discuss things that you yourself have learned about art, it's a good reminder to yourself of the stuff, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, meaning like, um, like while we talk about like tips and stuff of how to deal with this kind of thing, um, we only know those tips because there's occasional times where we don't deal with it well. And so it's like, <laughs> it's, it's neat to, um, I, I just think it's important to have these kind of moments or have some kind of thing set up like that, um, that can carry you through that, um, that temptation to like, um, bail because like, once again, the other great thing about like, um, like I, like I have a really great wife, Corey does as well. He, he has a really good wife. And so like the great thing about having good relationships or, and friends and stuff like that is, um, a lot of the time they can be the people as well to be like, okay, this is too many plates. Like, yeah. cool it, you know? Um, but it's this risk, right? Because there's this, there's, there's, it's a two pronged thing. And I think the thing that makes it so complicated is, um, I really do love, um, and I know I harp on it all the time, but Pressfield's War of Art talks about this battle and the analogy of art as a battle is just one of the most helpful analogies I can think of. And it's, it's really tough if you're gaining ground, like what happens in a war if you just stop, (laughs) like, you know, you're gaining ground and you stop um that can be detrimental like that can be a real like uh, a problem and so it's one of those things of like war is hard <laughs> and and by choosing to create especially to create your own vision it's like you are kind of going to war you're choosing to go to war yeah and so there's gonna be some casualties and there's gonna be like you know, some, some hits and stuff, but it really is important to keep gaining ground. Um, however, um, you don't want to fall into what, like a productivity loop where you're producing so much that you lose yourself and you lose the purpose of why you're doing it in the first place, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's this fascinating thing, but, um, but I do think it's important it's important if you're new and you feel like you're pushing your limit, you probably haven't hit your limit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, because like a, a lot of what gets you through when you're new is pushing your limits. Right. Um, when you're, when you're a little bit further into it, then it's time to be like, it's okay to occasionally have a time where you can't. Um, and actually it's kind of admirable and, I'll tell you, like coming from just the perspective of an art director, I'll respect can't over someone saying can and then putting me in a position where I have to scramble making up for a missed deadline. Yep. Um, because like can't is like, even if it's annoying to hear, it's truth and it's helpful. Um, but but yes, 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 yes. And then not delivering. That's like that can be that can be even worse or more detrimental. So it's like. It's 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 a really weird, hard to discuss topic. But I can definitely say for myself, um, like I don't feel like I've hit that limit yet. I don't feel yeah. like I'm even surfing yet. 
like in, in keeping with our billion analogies here, but I don't <laughs> feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm looking for that sweet spot um, right now and I'm, I'm, and I'm pretty close. So to me, it's like, if I find that burnout's happening, I need to correct. Like if I find like I'm leaning that way and mm-hmm. if I find I'm leaning the other, I need to correct. But it's, it's all about kind of just trying to, trying to stay balanced on, I guess, keeping the bike thing, trying to stay balanced on that bike. You know, I don't want to lean too far to the left because then I'll bail. I don't want to lean too far to the right because I'll bail. And uh, I, I just want to find that like sweet spot where, you know, there's a clear path and um, and I can just, you know, hit that that downhill part or catch the wave or whatever it is. So so that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. But um, do you have yeah. any other like kind of tips or, or thoughts on that? Because I, I feel, do feel like I've been talking a lot <laughs> oh no I, I think I've talked a lot too um, yeah I, I think the main I think the main thing is um, there there are certain things that should be non-negotiables and they're going to be different for everybody um, yes. you know like for me it is a non-negotiable to not have family time after work right there's not you know there there are days where I'm unable to do that because of like my livelihood that is feeding and housing my family but um, yeah. you know but if but if it comes down to me reading to my daughter or doing my art uh, it's I, one is a non-negotiable and the other is you know something that I will sacrifice sleep for or whatever yeah but uh but I'm gonna read you know what I mean yeah. I'm, I'm gonna do that. And so, and that can be different for everybody, right? There's going to be, there's going to be a different thing. And I think, um, being honest about your non-negotiables, um, is, is really important because when you are, and it, it kind of brings me back to this idea of balance, right? Which is kind of what we're talking about with plates and juggling and bikes and surfing and whatever it all, it all comes down to balance. And the idea of balance is not that you attain balance once and then you're balanced for the rest of your life you know balance is a series of of micro adjustments with the occasional big whoop you know and uh and so if you look at it like balance it's not like you can like sit down one time and be like i'm going to spend this much time on this this is a non-negotiable and now i never have to think about this again you know it's like sometimes weekly you know sometimes monthly and sometimes daily you're going to have to sit there and be like, okay, let's assess my priorities here. Um, you know, and, and if you're doing that more frequently, that can't take long because that in and of itself can be a distraction. But if you're doing it kind of infrequently, you know, spending a little time and being like, you know, like what is important to me here? Um, and I was talking about this with Scott when you were, when you were gone, uh, Josh and I, uh, one of the things that came up was, you know, having that, having that decision made, like I will, I'll be working and then my daughter will come in and my immediate thought is the wrong thought, which is defend my work time, you know, defend my productivity against, against the invading force, you know, or whatever. Yeah, totally. Luckily in my mind, I have that check. Wait, no, your relationship with your daughter is a non-negotiable. It trumps this. And so then I can respond accordingly. And so I think that, I think that really helps. And it will also help with if you begin to reach kind of the envelope if you can begin to reach your limit then you can say like okay what are the essential things what are my non-negotiables i'm going to hold on to those you know like i'm going to produce art every day now whether i work on six projects or one 
it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And, uh, whether I spend eight hours on it or I spend 30 minutes, it's going to happen. But I yeah. mean, there are some days where I say, you know, I'm, I'm going to play video games with my kid. You know, I'm going to yeah. go on a date with my wife. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I need to spend three extra hours at work, you know, or whatever. And so knowing, knowing your priorities is really helpful in, in knowing what plates you put down and which yeah. ones, which ones you never put down. Yeah, I did a vlog about this a long time ago, um, but this is something I consider all the time, and I'm glad you brought it up because this this usually does have to do with the plates because there are some plates that can't be dropped. Yeah. Um, and so there's a couple methods to like just juggling multiple tasks, and the, and and the biggest one um, has a lot to do with back planning, which we've already discussed, so I won't get too heavily into it. Just go back to some older. <laughs> 48 hour R checks. Um, and Corey put like described that very well, but it's a, it's a process that if you can get it down, um, you're much more likely to be able to do a job, um, similar to what I do where it's like art directing or, or leading, um, thinking big vision stuff and also managing small stuff. It requires a lot of back planning. Um, but if you're, um, if you're struggling, a lot of the time it just means that you haven't really sat down and figured out priority list. And these things are always in conflict with each other. Like um, priorities just by the nature of setting them creates conflict <laughs> and it's good conflict. It's mm-hmm. good conflict because it's, it's going to butt up against it. every once in a while. There's going to be moments where your priority list, the uh, whatever's number four starts butting up against number three and you have to reassess you know, and usually if you've, if you've really thought out your priorities, number three remains and it pushes number four back, back into place. You know what I mean? Um, and so like, you know, Corey, as he mentioned, like the, you know, reading to his daughter, like that's a huge one up there. Um, for me, I have like just a clear sense of priorities, like, and it's going to be different for each person. For me, it's God first. Um, it's going to be, you know, my family next. Um, and that's my like immediate family, like the people under my care, like my wife, <laughs> my kid, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that kind of thing. Then my family, my, my family after that. Um, and then right under that is art, um, and friends and, and it actually friends and art are a mix. Um, I tend to put friends above it, but, art is especially the daily creation thing. That's a non-negotiable like, yeah. And that actually was really hard for me to do. I remember when I was a young artist, it was, those were shifting all over the place. And, um, and it, you know, that when you have that happen, inevitably you're going to have a point where you have to work out your priorities. Um, friends usually are above, um, especially in crisis, but if it's like hangout time, like I, I will put like, I have to have, productivity uh, of some kind of comic or art um, before, even before that, unless it's a crisis, you know? Well, and, and, uh, and the crisis is a really good example of balance, right? And so, yeah, exactly. you know, if you are walking a tightrope or surfing or, you know, yeah. long, longboarding or wakeboarding or whatever it is, something that requires balance and a yeah. wave, you know, the wave shifts or the wind, a gust of wind hits you or whatever, you, you readjust your priorities. Right. And so, yeah. you know, like, if, if, if I have, 
you know, someone in my life that's everything's great. And I see him, I see him once a month. That's, that's wonderful. Right. But if then all of a sudden, you know, something serious happens, well, maybe I see that person every day. Maybe, maybe I go, you know, sleep on their couch, you know, maybe I, you know, like things have to shift. Right. But that's not, that's not sustainable, but but it's definitely one of those moments where you've got to make a big move to stay balanced, you know, and, and, and there are times where, where things shift around. And so I think that's, I think that's fine. And that's why I think, um, you know, having, having a decent idea of what your general balance looks like and your yeah. priorities, but, but recognizing like what you're trying to describe, I think is, um, that, you know, it's hard to say, it's hard to say, you know, once you get to a certain level, like which one comes first, because it becomes very yeah. situational because it depends on, you know, how everybody's doing, how you're doing, you know, exactly. a, a lot of variables come into play. And that's that idea of balance being yeah. a consistent action that happens throughout your life rather than an event that you move on exactly. from afterwards. Exactly. And, and, and I think the, the key thing with that too, is like even talking about the conflict that's going to happen once you set those, um, it's a perfect example because like, and the word of art, like once again, it, I think one of the reasons that book touches home with people is it'll talk about things like this that you will experience the second you try to do something positive um, for your life. So yeah. if you try to write a novel, um, all of even the people on the list that might be higher priorities than that novel, everything, even even supportive people, will inevitably there's at some point where out of the woodwork everything is going to cause resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it's actually just in your head, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, maybe it's just guilt or something like that. But the point being, you're going to experience resistance. That's the time where your car is going to break down. That's the time where like, it, it's like, and, and that's why Pressfield talks about it being like a war because it's like this is the second you've stepped into the battle. So like everything around you, you have to be super observant of because you're at war, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it actually is a really um, weird thing because like I said, they will kind of butt up against each other and you have to constantly like the solid priorities, the unmovables, um, you know, will always usually withstand if, if they truly are unmovable, they, they will almost every time hold firm when that, shift happens you know but the ones that are a little further down the list like will be much more in flux all the time and always butting up against the top ones so like a perfect example is like my desire to create is always a constant um threat to my desire to be with my family and so it's like i have to balance that out in this weird kind of way and it's never clean and easy um and it's something to always be aware of and it's not really a hard, I mean, it's not a hard choice. And, and it's, the way you were describing it makes perfect sense. Cause it's like, I will get home exhausted from work, but then I've got a kid who wants to play with me and like, yeah, you know, play cars and stuff. And I'll have one or two moments of being like, Oh, I just want to draw every once in a while in all right. honesty. Um, you know, and some days much worse than others, but you know, most of the time, um, that goes really quick and almost all of the time, you know, the second I actually sit down, start playing, especially when I've, when I've chosen to be present rather than like focusing on the thing I can't do, <laughs> yeah. focusing on the coolness 
of being able to spend time with like a person who's like imagination is wild and awesome and is like my favorite, like my favorite person. And it's like, you know, that's, that's what it's like when you're with your kids. It's like the second you kind of um, are in the moment, it's always enjoyable. The, The only times it's not enjoyable is if you're focusing on past. So it's like, like for instance, if I'm bringing work with me, or, or whatever frustrations, or if I'm bringing future with me. But anyhow, we've gone really long. <laughs> I was going to um, say, speaking of balance, yeah. in 20 seconds, exactly. we'll hit an hour of recording time. Okay, let's call it. <laughs> so um, we uh, yeah. we had talked about <clears throat> we had talked about only going, and and this is this is an interesting exercise in exactly what we're talking about. Um, we've discussed having Mondays be the the long day, and then Wednesdays and Fridays be uh, kind of shorter. Um, and there's been a couple times when we've done that, we haven't been as good at it, but, um, I think both of us kind of went into this knowing that this is wanting it to be shorter, but knowing it was going to be a little bit longer because now I, I feel like I can, I feel like I can, I can turn, you know, 45 degrees and start drawing immediately right now because, and I haven't had that energy all day. Uh, but being able to do this is is super important. So, uh, anyway, Um, so thanks. Thank you, Corey, too. Like I, um, I really dig the, the R checks and it's, um, like I, we suspected this at the beginning case in point. I mean, um, I have energy enough to, to probably get some work done. So, yeah. And that was, I, had we not done this, I probably would have gone to bed (laughs) and just, and just uh, felt terrible tomorrow, you know. Well, and I'll, I'll give so. you an example really quick because we're wrapping up. But last night at like nine o'clock, and I usually go to bed after midnight, but at nine o'clock I was, I was beat. I was hanging out with my wife, and I was trying to sketch some ideas for the sticker stint. And I just told her, I need to take a nap. Uh, wake me up before you go to bed because she gets up at four thirty in the morning to like work out and stuff. So she mm-hmm. goes to bed way before I do. And, uh, and so she woke me up, you know, about 30 minutes later and I was just like, I can't, but then I thought I have to do something because art check is going to be tomorrow. And so if you are still on the fence about an art check, uh, seriously consider doing it. Um, I actually think you'll get more done, um, by adding this to your schedule, uh, than you would otherwise, because it, it, it does help you kind of shift priorities. So, uh, with, with that, if you want to check out the stuff that Josh is doing, um, go to quarterlystories.com and you can kind of see what's, what he's working on there. He's also posting stuff to Instagram. So check out Instagram cause you can see both comics that he's working on right now. One for the anthology and the one for quarterly stories. If you want to see my stuff, you can go to coreykerr.com. Um, if you want to jump into the stickers tent, it is not too late. We are starting tomorrow. So you still have time. And you can go to CoreyKerr.com slash sticker stint. That's sticker S-T-I-N-T. And as always, if you'd like to check out um, edited uh, versions of what we just did on this video, um, then go to CoreyKerr.com slash 48HR or wherever podcasts are sold. And uh, we are there. Okay. So we'll catch you guys uh, in more than two days. And enjoy your Valentines, and uh, we will see you for a super short episode sometime this weekend. We're out. Bye.